Galatians chapter 3, verse 20, it says, Behold, in the Greek translation, that word means, Hey! You're welcome. Hey, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat. Somebody say eat. Somebody say eat. It says eat with him and he with me. Before you're seated, shake about three or four people's hand and tell them, let's eat. Shake a few people's hands. Now, you know what's cool about eating with people? Is that because when you're next to somebody, it's real personal. You ever notice that? Like, I don't know if anybody's ever, like, in a restaurant, randomly walked up to somebody and just said, can I eat with you? I don't know if you've ever done that before. Has anybody ever done that in their life? You've done it? Oh, a few of you have done it? You guys are crazy people. <laughs> you fit perfect in Victory Outreach. Amen. Right? But, I mean, because if you think about it, like, when you're actually sitting next to somebody, it's like, excuse me, do I know you? And not just any place, but, I mean, when you eat. Like, right now we're in church. Believe it or not, guess what you're doing? You're eating. You're eating. And when you eat, you kind of want to know the person next to you because it's very personal, right? So right now, you guys are getting married soon, so you can be close. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> These two will be getting married on Tuesday right here. Come on now. It's awesome. <laughs> but when you think about it, when you eat, that's probably one of the most personal things you can do with somebody. It's Sit down and eat with them. Of course, as a married couple, there's a little bit more intimate that you can do. But as far as just anybody or any person, one of the most intimate things you can do is eat with them. That's pretty personal. It's actually pretty private. Now, I don't know if you've ever done that before. I know I have. That's why I fit perfectly in this crazy church. Amen. I've done that sometimes. I, I am crazy like that. I'll just do random things just for the heck of it. But I have gone to a restaurant before, sat down, said, hey, can I eat with you? They look at me all weird. Right? I mean, think about that. You were to actually walk up to somebody, can I eat with you? The first look you're going to get is, do I know you? I remember I did that one time at Boston Market. And uh, I seen this family. You know, she was, she was there and uh, said, hey, can I eat? eat with you? And she looked at me like, all oh, weird. Then after I told her, I go, I'll pay for your food. She's like, sure. <laughs> of course. Every once in a while, I just like to do that. Strike up conversation, was able to pray for her, and so on. But I believe that there, there's a lot of reasons why God created us. There's a lot of reasons why. A lot of people, you know, for worship. But one of the primary reasons why I believe God created us was for one reason, and that primary reason is for intimacy. Intimacy. Tell your neighbor, intimacy. Now, there's two definitions of this word uh, intimacy that I kind of want to 
uh, work into this sermon, this message here this morning. And the first definition is fully known. Somebody say fully known. Say fully known. Now this word fully known is actually something that we do within our everyday lives. We look for places where we can be fully known. We look for places where we can actually be intimate in. A place where there will be no masks. A place where we can be known and, and people be uh, understanding of it. Nothing covered, no secrets. And actually, when we actually do find somebody with masks, we like to actually uncover that mask. Because what we like to do is, oh, oh, they're just being fake. Because really, in all reality, that's what, the way we were created. We were created to be intimate. And when we find somebody who doesn't want to be intimate, we acknowledge that. Because we do not like people with masks, or we don't like people who are pretending. I, I believe it was, the, I think it was the platters, right? They sang the song, The Great Pretender. Oh, yes, I'm the great pretender. Okay. <laughs> right, and he says, pretending that I'm doing well. Uh, need so much, something, something. There you go, all right. I'm going to give you the microphone. Right. And then he says uh, uh, that I'm lonely, but no one can tell, right? Nobody can tell. Well, because in reality, we like to live a life where really, in all reality, we like intimacy. We want to be known. And that's what one of the working definitions of is being of having intimacy. All of us yearn to be a part of something where we can be fully known. The second definition of intimacy is fully accepted. Now, this is very important because there's a lot of places where you can be fully known but not be fully accepted. And then there's places where you can be fully accepted but not be fully known. There's a lot of places and a lot of venues where you can go and people accept you, but they don't know you. They don't know the real you. But everybody desires and yearns for something where you can be fully known and fully accepted. A place where you don't have to make things up, where you don't have to have a mask, where you don't have to worry about these things. And listen, when you read the Bible from the beginning all the way to the end, matter of fact, in Genesis chapter 1, I believe in verse 26, uh, he says, let us make man in our likeness and in our image. And then after that, the, the Bible says that God began to walk with Adam, began to talk with Adam, began to have intimacy. Now, the thing about it there, if you, when you read the scriptures, the Bible says that Adam was naked. He was fully known, but also fully accepted. Intimate, not a problem. Now, at the end of the Bible, in Revelations chapter 21, it also says that in verse 3, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. So at the beginning of the Bible, it's all about intimacy, God with man. At the end of the Bible, it's all about intimacy, now God with man. So that probably means the whole Bible is all about intimacy. Figuring out how God how man and God can be intimate, have a relationship. What can we do? We come and we have altar calls. Why? Because we want to get intimate with God. I want to 
hear God. I want to know God. See, that's that intimacy, fully known and fully God. Can you imagine Adam walking with God? No religion, no church, no hymnals. I mean, you don't have to conjure up all this stuff. It's just you and God. Fully known, yet fully accepted. I accept you just the way that you are. See, we're the ones, we try, we, we try to come up with stuff. Oh, okay, if I look like this, if I talk like this, if I walk like this, then God will accept me. No, no, no. God accepts you just the way that you are. He's always wanted to be intimate with you. He's always had that desire, always had that yearning uh, purpose to have intimacy with you and I. <laughs> See, the beginning of the book started with intimacy. The end of the book ends with intimacy. I'm pretty sure that everything in between is all about being intimate with God. Now, I have four kids, and <laughs> a lot of times when I come home, I'll have things in my hand sometimes, and <laughs> what I'll do is uh, I'll have to ring the doorbell. I can't open the door. And so a lot of times, you know, my hands will be full, and I try to ring the doorbell with my knee or do something. I'm trying to, like, get the attention. of. Uh, but one thing I love is that my kids, all of the, I can hear them through the door. I can hear them. Daddy, you know, isn't that the greatest feeling in the world? I don't know how many of you have ever had that or if you still have that. I love that. I know some of you moms, your, your kids are like 30 and 40 years old. You're like, yeah, they don't, they, don't, they don't call me. They don't call mommy anymore. Well, my kids are still little. I like it. I like that. Yes, my kids are crazy. Yes, my kids are probably, if they could, they would hang off the chandeliers here. You know, They're, my, my son is just off the hook. But... What gets them on the hook is whenever I hear through the walls, Daddy's home. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love it. And so I remember one time my, my hands were full, and I was like, oh, man, I got to ring the doorbell. <laughs> and so I rang the doorbell, and I can hear all the, uh, you know, the, the feet running to the door, and they all came, and they're, they're opening the door. And I'm like, all right, you know, I'm expecting, can't wait, you know, Daddy's home, right? That's what I'm waiting for. They open the door, and my son, he looks out, because I have a, a screen door, and then, a, you know, my hard wooden door. He opens the wooden door, he looks through the screen, and he goes, oh, it's just Dad. And he walked away, didn't even open the door for me. I was like, man, what happened to daddy? I go, Stevie, open the door. He goes, oh, yeah. And he comes in, unlocks it. All right. And then he goes right back. So I walked in and I go, hey, what's going on here? How come, where, where's the daddy? You know, where's all that at? And my son and my other son and my daughter, they're all kind of simultaneously, oh, we thought you were grandma. Like, grandma? Why grandma? Oh, grandma's supposed to bring us something special. And my daughter, without missing a beat, goes, did you bring us something special? <laughs> I go, I brought me. I'm special. She goes, mm-hmm. I was like, man, gosh, what's going on here? But there's that moment when I rang the doorbell, knocked on the door. I was excited. Then my son kind of let me down like, ah, it's just dad. I wonder how many times when God knocks on our door, we get so excited. Oh, man, I'm going to get a raise, or, or this is going to happen, or, or these great, man, I can't wait for my miracle. And then we knock on the door, we open it up, it goes, ah, it's just Jesus. Eh, it's cool. I already know him. He already saved me. 
I got the salvation part. I wanted something else. And God said, wait, wait, wait. The most intimate thing that we can do is eat together, dine together, if you just let me in. So you think intimacy might be if God brings you a ton of money. Yay, then I'll be happy. God says, no, you don't need money. You just need me. See, but all too often we think that that's the only way that I'm going to find happiness. When here this morning God says, look, I'm just standing at the door of your heart. I'm knocking. If you would just let me in. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. I will come in and I will eat with him. You know that one of the first things we're going to do when we get to heaven? Guess what we're going to do? Eat. Can I hear an amen? Guess what? I read the Bible. Actually, I didn't. I'm just making this up. But all the food in heaven, calorie free. <laughs> I just made it up. I just made it up. I don't know. Don't, don't get all doctrinal on me. Oh, the church over there. Look. Can you imagine, though? I mean, imagine a huge just table. I mean, just candlelit, a candlelit supper, right? I mean, think about this, ladies, because, you know, you, you love that candlelight. And the, right? If you really think about the romance, the best romance is in the Bible. It really is. I know some of you ladies, oh, I, can't, I want a candlelight dinner. God's dinner is going to be the greatest dinner of all time. The marriage supper of the Lamb. You're going to have steak for days. You can get it well done, medium well. However well you want it, it is well with my stomach. You're going to eat. That's one of the first things you're going to do. You're going to eat. And God's telling you, look, if heaven, if what you're going to do right now, you're going to dine with me in heaven, I would like to dine with you here on earth. I would like to get just a little bit intimate with you here on earth. <laughs> now, why is it? If it's all about this intimacy, being fully known and fully accepted, having God knock on the door of our hearts, why do we spend so much time keeping the door of our heart closed? When it comes to salvation, oh, I fully accept and I fully know God in salvation, but my finances, well, I don't really want to fully know God that way. I'd like to keep that to myself. We want to fully know God and salvation, but when it comes to our lives or our bitterness, party of one, I like my own pitter, you know, pity party. I'd like to keep it like that. It's just me. But God on salvation, oh, fully known, fully accepted. But with my family, no, no, no. God, you wouldn't understand my family. You don't know my family like I know my family. And God says, look, if you would just let me dine with you, you would like who I really am. Why do we keep these doors closed? Real quickly, I just want to give you a few reasons why sometimes we keep the door closed in our hearts. Number one, why we keep this door closed? Because sometimes we keep the door closed to our house because our house is ugly. Our house is ugly. Can, can we just be honest for a brief moment? Can, can I hear an amen? We keep the door closed to our hearts because sometimes our house is ugly. We think as long as we keep him Outside, he won't know what's on the inside. Keep knocking, God. Keep knocking. I hear you, but my house, it's, it's a mess. It's ugly right now. <coughs> you know what that is? Telling God, oh, my house is ugly. You, you know, you don't, you don't want to come in here. You know what that is? 
I was watching the kids play hide and go seek, and I seen a kid outside behind the tree, right? You know, he's hiding behind the tree, but you could see his feet. You ever seen that? You can't see me. You can't see me. We're like, dude, I can see you. Your feet are large. Come on, kid. You got big feet. I can tell. No, you can't see. Well, that's kind of what it is. When, oh, no, 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 you, 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 you can't see this. Dude, I can see your problems. They're big. They're sticking out. We can all see it. We can see it. But sometimes one of the reasons why is because our house is ugly, and we don't want to let God in to this ugliness. We don't want to let God into what is taking place within our lives because we feel if God really knew who I was, he might not like me anymore. See, the stuff that you think you're actually hiding is sometimes actually the stuff that people already know. Did you know that? We do, believe it or not, I do it myself. I wear my emotions. I wear myself on my sleeve. We just do that. And we think nobody knows. Dude, we could see it all over you. We can tell. Now, I know that sometimes we come to church and we, you know, we smile. Yay, great, praise the Lord. We try to play it out. But you, you need to know, God sees what is right there on your shoulder. Matter of fact, he doesn't just see what's on your shoulder. He sees what's on your heart. But that's the thing I love about God is that he's a gentleman. He just knocks. He doesn't kick the door down. He doesn't push it down. He doesn't come in with a battering ram. No, no, no. He just knocks. And if you let him in, he will then eat with you. So one reason why sometimes is because our house is ugly. The second reason why, and, and this is a crazy one, but it's very true, is that we like our house ugly. We like our house ugly. Have you ever met somebody that just loves drama? If it took you too long to think about it, more than likely, it's you. More than likely. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's crazy because sometimes, man, it, it's funny, but there's just people that they love misery. They love to be miserable. Have you ever met somebody, they just love being miserable? Like they put on that drama, Le Miserable, all the time. Le Miserables, that's what I call it. They just they love misery. I don't know why. They just it's in other words, their life can't function unless they're in pain. Life can't function unless they're in pain. Because they know that if God were to come in and take their pain away, they wouldn't know how to function. Well, no, no, no. Okay, God, I know you're awesome and all that, but look, look, I, I, I can't let you in right now because this is one of the main reasons why. If God comes in, takes away our pain, then I got to let God in control, and I don't want to let God in control. I need to keep this misery. I need to keep this pain. This pain keeps me functioning. And so one of the reasons why a lot of times, of course, our, our house is ugly, but we like it ugly. We like it like this. If we let God in, he might control everything. A third reason why, and I'm going somewhere with this, a third reason why is because we don't want to open up the door to our house is because our house, our house is filthy. It's filthy. Now, there's a difference between an ugly house and a filthy house. 
And women, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because sometimes, I want to tell you something. I've cleaned my house. I've cleaned, I've put the toys away. I've done all this. I put every, oh, I, and in my, my mind, oh, this house is clean. My wife walks in, this house is filthy. Great, thanks. Worked really hard. You can do it. Amen, praise the Lord. But there's a difference between an ugly house and a filthy house. And many times women, they can tell. And the thing about it is that if you were to let God in, you know that he could tell. God can tell the difference. I remember years ago I was looking for a place to stay. And uh, one of the members had opened up his house uh, to me. He said, hey, I got a basement. You could come. It's, you know, a little dirty, but I don't really tell a lot of people about it. But if you can clean it up, it's all you. Sure, not a problem. So I was like, all right, I was looking for a place. I wanted to open up a discipleship home. And so I went over to his house. Uh, I went upstairs. I was like, man, this house is nice. It's a real nice house. You know, wood floor, looked great, the bathroom, awesome. And then, and then I was like, okay, so we're going to have one of these rooms? He goes, no, 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 downstairs in the basement. I go, oh, yeah, that's right, that's the basement. So I go downstairs. He didn't even go with me. I'm not lying. <coughs> Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Some of you men, you, you remember. And I, so I went downstairs. He goes, yeah, go ahead, check it out. If you like it, you can, you can stay there. All right, cool, no problem. So I walk downstairs. Oh, my gosh. There was chicken coops with, I think, dead chickens there, there was rat poop all over the place. It was, I was like, what the heck is this? I mean, it was, I, that was just one room. Then in the second room, it had the mattresses that looked like, I mean, I don't even want to describe what was living in these mattresses. The place was filthy. Filth, I mean, just filthy. And then I remember I walked upstairs and go, so what do you think? I go, well, how much? He goes, free. I'll take it. When you're a young bachelor, you know, you'll kind of take anything, especially for free, right? Save up finances. So I remember I cleaned it out. I made it a home. Praise the Lord. Got rid of it. Not kidding. Took about four days straight. All day cleaning that place. It was it was filthy. It's crazy. But on the upstairs, on the outside, it looked great. It looked really good. It was beautiful. It really wasn't ugly. But downstairs, it was filthy. See, some of us sometimes, the reason why we don't want to let God in is because we know that if we were to let God in, initially we would take him to the dining room. We'd show him the living room. Looks great, but God, don't go to my basement. Don't go to my basement. I got some things down there you do not want to see. It's filthy. There's a difference between ugly and filthy. And you know that in this 2014, if you were to let God in in 2014 and say, okay, God, do what you want to do, you would say, whoa, whoa, whoa okay, wait, kind of do what you want to do upstairs, but downstairs, just leave it alone. I like my bitterness. I like my anger. I like my strife. I like living my life in a spiteful way. You know what spiteful living is? This, this is what spiteful living is. It's when you live a life 
that all you do is your goals is to show somebody else up. That's what spiteful living is. I'll show you. Watch. I'm going to get this job. You watch. Or I'm going to get this wife. I'm going to get this husband. Nobody of you else agree. Watch. I'm going to get them. Or some of you live a life, well, I'm going to make money. Nobody, you told me I wasn't going to make money? Watch, watch, I'm going to make money. I'm going to make something of myself. And so you live a life of spite. Showing people, well, I'll show my parents. I'll show my friends. I'll show my coworkers. And so you do things out of spite. And even into to this 2014, some of you, you make New Year's resolutions out of spite. Watch, I'm going to show them. They said I couldn't lose this. They said I couldn't make this. They said I couldn't. Watch, I'm going to do it. I'm going to show them. And so you live a life of spite. And in that basement, there's a whole lot of spite down there. There's a whole lot of things. Listen, in 2014, if you really want to say, God, I want you to come in and have your way, then you got to really say, God, look at my whole house. Look at everything. Let's get intimate. Fully known and fully accepted. Tell your neighbor, fully known and fully accepted. The fourth one and the last one, and I'm closing with this. One of the reasons why we keep the door to our house and our heart closed is because we think our house is fine. Now, this is probably the most scariest of all four of them. Now, there's many of them. There's a lot of reasons why we keep the door uh, to our hearts closed. But this one in particular, this one is the scariest one. It's because this one is the kind of life that you live that you figure, I can do life without God. I'm perfectly fine. I've worked hard for me and my family. Nobody else needs to mess that up. Because you know that if you let God in in 2014, he'll challenge your thinking. He'll challenge your family. He'll challenge your finances. He'll challenge your way of thinking. Your, he'll challenge your way of living. So you say, no, 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 God, I'm not answering the door, not because my house is ugly. My house is okay. Not because my house is filthy. I think it's pretty clean. I'm actually not going to answer this door because I'm fine. I'm good just the way that I am. You know, that's probably one of the most scariest things. Thinking that everything that you've acquired, everything that you have, I did this. I made this happen. So it's very difficult when God says, okay, now let me show you a great path. Let me show you a good way. And you say, oh, God, wait, 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 no, I did pretty good on my own. I made it happen just, I did it perfectly. I worked hard for this. Everything is fine. You know that that's a scary, scary way to think and a scary way to live? Where you think that you have acquired everything on your own. Man, I learned that at a young age. My father used to always teach me, say, see the food on the table? God gave it to you. See the car that you're in? God gave it to you. See the place where you live? God gave that to you. Okay, so since young, I, I was taught, and listen to me, I, I'm trying to get this into you right now. You have to understand something. When it comes to the good things and the great things that you've acquired, that you have, and listen, I know you worked hard. I, I know you worked by the sweat of your brow. Some of you guys late hours working very hard, going for providing for your family, but you got to understand one thing. Without God... It's not fine. You can work hard 24 hours a day, seven days a week, acquire the largest house, get the biggest boat, get the most cars, have the most uh, you know, uh, devices in your house thinking, man, look what I have gained. But my friend, if God's not in that house, it's empty. It's empty. And I say that, listen, listen to me. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand of praise. 
I, I say this with all sincerity and all honesty. <coughs> you you got to understand something. God, he wants to come in and he wants to eat with you. He wants to fully be known and fully be accepted. See, my friend, Christ knows and understands that if he would just knock on the door and you let him in and you eat with him, he knows one thing, that if you let him eat with you, you'll like him. You'll like him. He'll be the best house guest you ever have. He'll be the best one. Look, at this is a great idea. I've tried it. And it works. Let God in your marriage. It works. It really works. Now, for those of you who just started coming to church, and you, maybe you just got married recently, and you're saying, well, uh, you know, I, I'm doing this thing, and, you know, it's kind of working the way that I want it to, and, you know, it's being all right. I, I want to challenge you. Let God in your marriage. Now, for those of you that maybe you've been married for some time, 20 years, 25 years, 30 years. Look, I've been doing this 30 years without God. It's been pretty good. Listen, I want you to know something. Maybe you survived these 20 years. Maybe you've been breathing these 25 years. But without God in the center of it, I'm going to be honest. I know you may say, well, I love her. I love him. 25 years. We've been doing great. But without God, I'm going to be honest. You don't really know what love is. The Bible says that God is, is love. He really is love. Everything that he ever did for us was love. Now, I know you might have did things for your wife, maybe to, you know, kind of sometimes get her off your back. Maybe you did things for your husband just to kind of like, all right, fine, here, here's this. Now, don't talk to me for a week. But if God is the center of your marriage, time, it really doesn't matter because God is the center of it all. I want to challenge you. The Bible says, here I am, standing at the door and I'm knocking. If you will open the door, let me in. Out of all the things that God says he will do, he says, look, I just want to eat with you. I don't want to come in and rearrange your furniture. I don't want to, I just want to eat with you. I want to do one of the most intimate things that anybody can do with anybody. It's just eat with you. That's it. Listen, in 2014, I want to challenge you. Just let God do one thing. Let him eat with you. That's it. Just let him eat with you. Let the Savior, the creator of all the heavens and the earth, just let him eat with you. Let him sit down with you and let him just have a, a, a good meal with you just once. And I can guarantee you from a life's experience, after you eat with God once, you're going to kind of want to let him eat with you again. He's a pretty good person to eat with. Listen, here's the truth. When it comes to intimacy, and as he comes to the keyboard right now, when it comes to intimacy, you don't have to earn it. You don't have to earn intimacy with God. Now, sometimes, I'll be honest, even in, in, in our marriage sometimes, me and my wife, we love each other. But, man, when I do some things wrong, what I like to do is I'll, I'll go around my wife and I'll try to hug her. And she's like, nope. You can't hug me right now. What? And there's some times where I'm not feeling good. And my wife will come up to me and she'll try to hug me. He's like, oh, that's. Now, does it change the love I have for my wife? No, not really. It's just at that moment I'm not feeling very good. Or maybe I am a little mad at her. She doesn't know it. But to show her that I'm mad at her, 
don't touch me. Don't touch me. Or vice versa. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. I don't want to be in the same room with you. You're laughing because it's true. And so a lot of times we think that intimacy must be earned. Now, because of my imperfections, and I'm a human being, my wife is a human being, if we're honest, a lot of times we, we, we try to earn it. Now, we're getting better in our marriage, but we just understand, no, look, 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 we don't have to earn this thing. But because we're human beings, we do that to each other. Now, you have to earn this. You have to earn this. God wants to have intimacy with you. No earnings needed. You know what you need to do when it comes to intimacy? Pursue it. Pursue it. Pursue the intimacy with God. Pursue fully known with God. Pursue being fully accepted with God. He accepts you just the way that you are. No, but I, I got to show everybody, look at all the blessings. Look at how big my house is. Look at how many cars. That's how people are going to know that God is with me. No, 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 no. That's not how people are going to know that God is with you. How big your house is, how many cars you have, how many devices you have acquired. Well, look at all my clothes. See, I'm blessed because look, look at, no, 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 no. That, that's not how people are going to know that you've been intimate with God. Actually, they're going to know that you've been intimate with God by the love that you have. One for another. It's actually what the Bible says. The love that you have. See, because you've been intimate with what who love really is, which is God. And if you're intimate with him, you'll be intimate with others. You'll want to sit down and eat with people because God's eating with you. I love it when, when some of you, you've called me, said, hey, pastor, why don't you come over for dinner? Because you know the most intimate place that you can have with anybody is not at a restaurant but it's at your house, right? Because your house is not just where you, you, you live a life. That actually is your life, is your house. Everything is there. Like right now, if I were to, to tell you, I walk up to you right now and say, okay, I'm going to come over to your house today for dinner. Now, I'm inviting myself. For one, that would have oh, man, in, intruding. Whoa, you know, hold on. But right away, if I say, I'm going to come over to your house, right away, oh, my gosh, is the laundry off the couch? The dog, did I let the dog in the house? Wait, I didn't clean the windows. I, I told him to clean the windows. Did he clean the window? He didn't clean the windows. Oh, my gosh, my bedroom. He's not going to come in my bedroom, is he? No, he's not going to come in my bedroom. I'm just going to live in the dining room. But, but man, i got to clean that thing with the blankets. What do I do with the blankets? Oh, my gosh. Oh, he didn't clean it. Oh, my gosh. i got to get the table. Oh, the do I have food in the house? Is food in the fridge? He left the food on the table. Oh, my gosh, food's on the table. we got to clean the table. Your mind starts going all over the place because the house is the most intimate place where someone can meet you. God says, I want to meet you in your most intimate place. Listen, this 2014, God's standing at the door of your heart. Now, I know some of you, you've been through some things and you have things in the basement that nobody knows about. Some of you have things in your basement that your spouse doesn't even know about. The person that you lie next to in your bed doesn't even know about the stuff under your bed. That's how personal that stuff is. And God's saying, look, I'm just going to knock. If you let me in, we'll have a great time eating together. I guarantee it. But I'm not going to go through the back door. I'm not going to wait for a window to be open. I'm going to come straight through the heart. 
here this 2014, God's standing at the door of your heart. Look, I don't know what you're holding on to this year, but I know that some of you say, 2014, it's my year, man. It's my problem. I'm going to get it. I'm going to let God come into my heart. Look, at, I, I want to challenge you. Let God come into your heart. Let him eat with you. Some of you, you've been having God as your house guest, and you've just been kind of having some appetizers with him in 2013. Saying, okay, God, this is all I got for you. Okay, now you got to go. I, I, I like the things that I watch in my house. I like the things that I do in my house. Don't challenge it. Don't change it. This is my house. This is my way of living. And God is a gentleman. If you ask him off the couch and leave, he'll leave. But that's the great thing I love about God. He leaves, then he comes back knocking again. He says, look, we've just been chopping it up this past 2013. You think that in 2014, you think we can eat this time? You think we can have a, a, a good supper? Because when you eat, you conversate, don't you? You have to conversate. And many times, if you're like me, you conversate while eating food about food. <laughs> oh, this is good food. You know, I was at a restaurant eating more good food the other day. We just, we talk more about food. And God says, look, I know you love food so much that when you get to heaven, that's the first thing you're going to do. You're going to eat. So while you're here on earth, can we just have a little intimacy? Can, can we be fully known and yet fully accepted? No masks, no religion, no church, no worries. Don't worry about that. I accept you just the way that you are. Some of you, I know maybe you're, you're in a mixed marriage. We have mixed marriages here. We got a lot of them, quite a few mixed marriages. Where before you were married, you had another married and uh, another marriage, and then that marriage didn't work out, but now you're in Christ, and now you're married. It's like, oh, man, I love my wife. I love my husband. But, man, her family just gets on my nerves. His family's just too much. No, no, no. That's your family. That's yours. See, because I know a lot of times we mix it, right? We go, oh, no, no, no. The two shall become one. That's it. That's your grandchildren as well. Those are, that's your son. That's your daughter. No, 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 that's hers. Keep that under the bed. No, no, no. You keep it under the bed, it's never, God's never going to be able to conversate with you. God's never going to be able to be intimate with you, be fully known and fully accepted. Because we figure as long as we leave it there, no one, no one will reject it because I'm just leaving it. Nobody knows about it. God doesn't even know about it. So I'll just leave it there because we hate rejection. God says, look, I already know what's under the bed. I've already accepted it. I'm just waiting for you to bring it out and just let it be known. I'm perfectly fine with it. I know what happened in your past. I know the hurt that you had. I know the things that happened before. I already know that. I'm just waiting for you to just open up the door and let's eat. That's all I want to do. I just want to eat with you. So if there's one thing that this year in 2014, if you could just say, you know what, God, I'm going to open up the door to my heart. I just want to eat with you. And we'll just go from there. This year, it's going to be your year. You're going to get the promises of God for your life. I don't want to challenge you. God's knocking on the door of your heart. Just let him eat with you. Let's just start with that. Just let him eat with you. And I'm telling you, this year, 2014, is going to be the best year you've ever had in your life. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise here this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Stand with me here this morning. 
every head bowed and every eye closed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray right now, Lord God, that you would be with each and every man and woman that is here, Lord Jesus. Lord, the past that has been haunting us for so long, Lord, that this year it will not haunt us. It will not take us down. It's fully known and fully accepted. The things that have been done to us, the things that people have done to us, Lord, that we try to hold on to, we try to box, we try to put in the basement, we try to put in the attic, Lord, this year, have your way within our lives. Have your way within our lives, Jesus. Lord, we want you to live with us, dwell with us. Lord, set up shop in our house. When we sleep, you're awake. When we're awake, you show us the plan. Lord, we don't want to hold on to anything this year that are going to hold us back from the plan that you have for our lives this year, God. Lord, we will not be held back by our past. We will not be held back by our, our, the bitterness and the history of what was, Lord. Our future is greater. Our future is brighter. 2014, this is our year. This is our promise. We're going to possess the promise that you have given us this year, oh God. Father, have your way, Jesus. Lord, this is your church, your people. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Hallelujah. As they begin to sing this song, I want you to slip out of your seat.